Okay, let's get into our special Tuesday night edition of uh, the Parsha Shir, Parsha Kisisa, Tufshin Ayin Aleph. And as we know, the main uh, focus of this Parsha is the Chete Egel, which takes up the entire second Aliyah of the, of, the, uh, of the Parsha. We've noted in the past why the Parsha is so um, top-heavy. The first two Aliyos are huge, while the last five Aliyos are tiny, uh, that's not by coincidence. The Bali Jewish point out that the Kohanim and the Levium did not take part in the Chaita Egel, and therefore we want to give them the Alios that have to do with the Egel, so that's through Shani. Through Shani. So by the time we get up to Shlishi, it's already afterwards, and we could give a Yisraelim, all of us that uh, took part in the Egel, we won't be so embarrassed, so we will get the part of the Torah afterwards. But the first two Alios. The Bali, uh, Bali Jewish point out that those, those are always given to the Kohanim Deliyim, so that is why the first two aliyos are so so uh, long, and the third, fourth, fifth, sixth, and seventh aliyah are, are on the shorter side. Okay, but let's start off with one thought uh, about the Chet HaEgel. And that is, well, we've spoken in the past exactly what the Chet was, we'll mention a number of points uh, about it as we get through this year, but just first one ha'ara, one question, and that is, why did an animal come out? Why an animal? Could have been many forms that came out of the, of the fire. They threw in the gold, they threw in the Shem Hashem, and out came an ox. Right? So is it something that's connected to Yosef? Yosef is Bechar Shor, Bechar uh, he has the horns, and that was for the, he brought Yosef up from the Nile. But why, why an animal? Could have been the, a celestial, could have been a moon, a sun, anything golden. Why Dafu was it an animal? So, says Rav Zevin, source number one, connecting it to the first part of our parsha. Kisisa es Rosh B'nei Yisrael. Usually when we read Kisisa, we said, oh, we read this a few weeks ago in Parsha Shkalem. So this year we could say, we'll read this in a few weeks in Parsha Shkalem. Kisisa es Rosh B'nei Yisrael, l'aseisas shumas Hashem l'chapral nafsho seichem. When you count B'nei Yisrael, uh, the, the parsha of the Machs is HaShekel. Hapirash HaPashut shall nesias Rosh, who haramas harosh lamala? What's the literal translation of kitisa? As we know, to lift up kitisa as rosh bnei Yisrael. What exactly is the message of the lifting up of klal Yisrael? What's the lifting up? Says Rav Zevin in his classic style. What's the difference from an outward perspective? Just looking at it from the outside. What's the difference between a person and an animal? A person walks on two feet. His body is up above. His head's on top. A person walks upright. Most animals, Harosh Lamata. How do animals walk? Dogs and cats and even bears. The natural state that a bear is in is on all fours. That's the animal look. The human look is standing up straight. The animal look is on all fours with its head between its front legs. What's the symbolism of that physical difference? The hevdel physiology ze mishamesh semel gamla hevdel pnimi. That outward difference reflects an inner distinction as well. Zeo be'etzemoser adam anabahim. It's all about the difference between people and animals. People are governed by their brains. People are governed by their rosh. What's on top? The rosh is on top. 
Ba'adam ha'moach shalit al halev. The mind is supposed to overrule the emotions. If I have a taiva for something and I know it's wrong, I have to overcome that with my intellect. I have to be kovesh I have a desire to eat a non-kosher food. I have a desire to go a place that's not appropriate. A person has in their power to overcome that with their brain, with their mind, with their intellect. Not to give it a place to spread out in my body. Not to let it come to fruition in action, in speech. That's the symbol of the head on top. That's the symbol of a person walking upright. But a animal has no control. It has instinct. But if the animal has a tiger for something, the animal goes for it. Right? That's the what? If an animal sees a, a piece of meat lying in the middle of the street, it doesn't matter if a car is coming. The animal will dart into the middle of the street because that's what the animal wants. He's looking for grass, looking for food. Where's it? Where's its head? It's, in, it's right next to its stomach. It's right next to the, the, the bottom parts of the animal. L'fichach, so therefore, says Rav Zevin, Adam mafilas mocho ach verak binyani achomer, shamozav achadome. If a person does not use their brain to be a person, if a person just focuses on the material, on the gashmi, on what's in front of them, so then he's basically Harry Bechinas Bahima. It's just like, just like he's on all fours. Because the Rosh isn't in charge, the Moach's not in charge. That's what Yishayahu Navi tells us. He's lowered. We're supposed to be up, and we are below. So the ultimate ideal state of a person is symbolized by standing up straight with the rosh in charge. But when taiva and and inappropriate thoughts come into being, so then we're no better than an animal. Now we come back to Cheta Egel. Why an animal? Because that's how Bnei Yisrael were acting at the time. They weren't using their brains. They weren't in control. Whatever the issue was, whatever taiva, the Bafarshim say, all the Averis that were, they were dancing around the Chet Egel, Gili Arayis, other Averis that were being done. But it was all in a state where Klai Yisrael as a whole, as a nation, besides Sheva Levi, were acting like animals. That's why an animal came out. They bowed down by Yomru, Ela Elohecha Yisrael. They said, This is the God. What's the God? The silver and the gold. They bowed their heads. Isn't it fascinating? When you bow down to an idol, what, what, what is, you don't curtsy to an idol, you bow the head. Maybe that's even the symbolism. Because bowing down of a head is showing my brain what's supposed to be in control of me, I'm, I'm lowering. That's the message of hishtachavaya, bowing down. We do that when we hear Shem Hashem in the base of Migdash. But the whole, the uh, bowing down is, that's the symbol of it. Yatsa hazav ega klomar, says Rav Zevin. Bitsuras That's what came out. Came out the tzura of an animal. So now, says Rav Zevin, that was the Chet Egel. According to Rashi, 
This parsha, we discussed this two years ago, this whole subject of the Chet Egel really happened already. The Torah is not written in chronological order. The Egel really occurred before Truman the Tzavah. The Egel before, the Egel occurred, according to the Ramban, it's as it is. But according to Rashi, the Mishkan is a kapara for the Egel. She does Rashi. So Truman the Tzavah, which we already read, really comes after the Egel. So really, Parshas Kisisa, Chazal tell us, Yavu shkalom b'yachapra la'egel. How did the shkalom, how does Vatsa Shekel come to be a kapara? Because what's the lashon? Kiti says, Rosh B'nei Yisrael. You have to lift up the heads of Klal Yisrael. B'sha'ash anasun makhla shekel ha'mishkan. Chachamim say, Yavu zav ha'mishkan. V'yachapra zav ha'egel. Sheherimu v'hikdishu et ha'zav ha'mishkan. They raised up the gold. Nizdak v'shuv kamasam. Adam, they returned when Bnei Yisrael did Shuva and reached the state where they would be Zochat to the Hashras Hashkin in the Mishkan, they came back to the state of Kitisa's Rosh, where they started giving their money, not throwing it in the fire to the Egel, but giving it as an Adava to the Mishkan. The same money. But first they bowed down to their money. And then they gave their money to build a Bayis Lashem. That's the connection between Maxis and Shekel, the Egel, why the Egel is an animal, and why everyone is lifted up. Okay, that gets the ball rolling. So now let's get back to the first Aliyah. First Aliyah is a lot to talk about. Many different mitzvahs, which hopefully Hashem will touch on in the, uh, in the Sefer HaMitzvah Shir, as uh, those who uh, listen to that, we did mitzvah number 81 today. Says the, says the Torah after Machsas HaShekel, the Torah talks about the Kior, the special washing station in the Beis HaMikdash where the Kohanim wash their hands and their feet every day. The Torah tells us about the Ketores, uh, how one is supposed to make it. The Torah then goes through Betzalel, all the Kalim that he made. And finally, at the end of the long first Aliyah, we have Shabbos. We have the Parsha of Shabbos. The Shemar B'nei Yisrael is a Shabbos. One of the seven times in the Torah, the Archa Shulchan points out seven times, every day of the week we're supposed to think about Shabbos. So, the Shemar B'nei Yisrael is a Shabbos is right here. Why is it stuck in here? So Chazal tell us to juxtapose it right next to the Mishkan. The, all of Hilcha Shabbos are learned out from the Mishkan. So that's what it's doing here. The Shemar B'nei Yisrael is a Shabbos. Last is a Shabbos. Let's talk about Shabbos for a moment. We can talk about Shabbos many different places. Let's talk about Shabbos for a moment and branch out to other ideas as well. It says the Hadrash Vahayun, Ayaluin, Ayalavin, however one pronounces it. it says the Hadrash Vahayun, quoting the Medrash, Uma Mechiltakan, Lama Neemar, why does it say keep my Shabbos? Lafishahu Omer Lo Sasa Kamalacha, it says that we're not allowed to do any Malacha on Shabbos, Ainli Eladvarim Shemisha Malacha. So I only know that Shabbos is a day of don'ts. Can't do Malacha. Devarim Shemishim Shvos Minayin. How do I know if it's even items that are somewhat less? Whatever that means, we don't know yet. Keep my Shabbos. What exactly does that mean? Not only is it a day of Mosases, you got to be careful, but one has to be careful of even in, to include Devarim Shem Shvos. Says the Hadrash Vahayin. Hine line 5. Shabbos hu yom anoan me'es Hashem lemenucha v'shvisa. Shabbos is a day of rest, a day of serenity, a day of relaxation. Bo yanuach ha'adam v'yishmos v'kol amav avoda. We don't work. We don't bother ourselves with tirchus. V'chol malacha lo yasebo. V'im yechal adam et ha'shabbos v'yasebo malacha chata v'asham. 
If somebody violates Shabbos, Rachman al-Islan, it's an Avera, it's a Chait. Amnam. But says the Jrash v'ha'iyun, Lif'amim, Gam ha-shvisa mi-malacha, Tihi adam l'mokesh. Many times, not being involved in activity could itself lead to trouble. Right, there are different studies done about students getting into more trouble during the summer months. Why? Because there are so many more hours of free time. The Gemara tells it, tells us. Right, boredom. Too much free time. The best thing for our children, we know, is keep them busy. The best thing. The more free time, the more, the more vacuum there is, the more trouble they can get into. Says Rodrasho Iyun. If we only have step one of Shabbos, of not being involved in Malacha, that's a danger. At least during the week when we're Osik in business and in our Voda, we don't have time to be, be involved in foolishness. We're busy. But if I'm not doing Malacha and I'm home, the Holy Batel Bali Asek. And I'm at home without in any involvement. As Yitro That's a recipe for disaster. If I'm not doing anything of the malachis, but I'm nothing positive in my life, I don't take the next step. And therefore, lefiza lefamim ashvisa b'shabes tesaviv lo ra v'yechdom achvad ashvisa atzma. Says uh, the drash v'ha'iyun. That's the med- message of the medrash. It's not just a day of don'ts. It's a day of filling up with positive. Skipping a couple of lines. Line 21. Kemosha on Omer and Betila Shabbos. Yo menucha ukedusha liam chanasata. Menucha is only step one. We have to get rid of everything we're involved in. Yo menucha. But it's not yo menucha. You never stop there. Yo menucha ukedusha am chanasata. We have to fill it then with the second step of Kedusha. Hashem Yisbarach Nasan Hashem Shabbos L'Yom Menucha L'Anuach Bo Mikal Avodah Avil Nasanu Gam L'Yom Kedusha But it's also the sanctifier L'Kadish Es Haruach U'Latayr Es HaNefesh Not only the Sur Meirabah the Asei Tov not only making myself free from other issues on my mind but then to fill it up with Kedusha. Related to this is a beautiful idea from the Slanam Rebbe the Nesiv Shalom. Siva Shalom points out in the next source, this is in his two volumes on topics, not on Parsha, two and half, in Chelek Beis, he has about 20 pieces on Shabbos. So in one of them there, um, he says as follows. Matsinu b'matana Shabbos, Beis b'chinos. Shabbos, Shabbos is, there are two elements of Shabbos. Yerusha u'matana. Shabbos is called a Yerusha, it's an automatic, it's an inheritance, you might call it. It's if Morasha Mo is translated more as a heritage, Rav Shechler is machalic between Yerusha and Morasha. We've spoken about that in the past. For now, we're not going to get um, make a difference between that. Let's just assume it's Yerusha. And Matana. Shabbos is also a gift. It's an inheritance and it's a gift. And he quotes, we say in Davening, You didn't give it as a gift to anybody else, you gave it as a gift to us. Chalto. That's a lashon of Yerusha. Nachla. So you have Nachla and Matana. What's the difference between the two? Between an inheritance and a gift? 
And even before we do that, there are two other concepts in, in, in Yadus where he says you have this, this double edge to its two elements. You have it by Torah. Torah is called a Nachla, a Yerusha, and a Matana. He quotes in this week's Parsha, line 7, by Itain el Moshe, he gave to Moshe, he gave the Luchos, he gave the Torah, it's a Matana. But we also know that, we say no sin Torah, but we also said earlier, he quotes, it's a, it's a Yerusha, Torah Tivalana Moshe, Morasha Kilas Yaakov. So it's Morasha Yerusha, and it's also Matana. And finally, third, Eretz Yisrael. Eretz Yisrael is called the Yerusha, and Eretz Yisrael is called the Matana. And he quotes the Psukim uh, on the side. So what is it? What do these elements mean? Yerusha, it's an inheritance and a gift. What's the difference between the two? Says the Nesiva Shalom, next paragraph. The Inyan Beis Bechinus Elu, the Yesh Bechal Achas Ma'al Yusa Shein B'Shniya. Each element has a different Ma'al Yusa, a different Adifus, a different advantage that the other one does not have. The Milas Yerusha Shein Etzliya B'Mahutar Shalai Yoresh. Inheritance doesn't matter about the receiver's behavior, the receiver's uh, personality. He gets it. He gets a Yerusha. It's automatic. It's automatic. Kigami she'eno hagun ve'eno k'dai yeshlo din yoresh. Unless the person says, like before, he doesn't want to give, but if, when a person dies, boom, there's Yerusha. Halachically. Ve'afilu ben alafagir rachman alitzlan. The son who doesn't deserve it, yoresh is aviv. A gift? No, they don't. A person is only going to give a gift if the, person, the receiver deserves it. Right. Matana depends. The person is only the the, the matana is only going to be given unlike Yerusha. But on the other hand, Matana has a Mal Yusa, because Matana, if the person really deserves it, he could get so much more in the gift. The giver could decide, wow, I'm going to give you a lot. And the receiver will become become different, will be a qualitatively different type of gift if the receiver really t- tunes in and is connected to the giver. Line 27, Says the Nesiva Shalom now, now we get back. Shabbos is called both. There are two ways that we could be Makabal Shabbos and experience Shabbos. The Yerusha way or the Matana way. Because we're Jews. And Shabbos is coming to us whether we like it or not. It's automatic. Shabbos is a Yerusha to us. We are going to have Shabbos whether we like it or not. That's Yerusha. Yerusha. Even if I do no preparations, it's going to be Shabbos. I could prepare no food. It's going to be Shabbos. I want to think to you on Shabbos. won't be too much of a Shabbos, but it'll still be Shabbos. Ach Yerusha eno bechinas ayin yafe, veino bargish batainum. But in that first way of experiencing Shabbos, the Yerusha way, the inheritance way, the automatic way, then the no sein matana is not giving b'shefa. He's not giving in an amazing manner. He's not giving l'misha roilo. It's just the automatic it's so the one you have it, it's automatic. But if I experience Shabbos in the Matana way, Yismach Moshe b'matnas chelko. Lo'umat, those line 36, Matana nitenes rak l'misha avid le'nayach nafshe. If I get ready to experience the Shabbos, then I will be zochet to the Matana of Shabbos. 
which is a totally different experience. Shabbos is both. If all I do on Shabbos is think of it as a day of don'ts, in the words of the Hadrash Vahain, is Yom Menucho Kedusha. If I only focus on the Yom Menucha, all the things I can't do, that it's only Bechina of a, of a it's an inheritance. Okay, I have to do it. I have a choice. But Yom Menucho Kedusha. If I realize there's a second element of Shabbos, which I have to work on, because it's not so easy, but if I work on it, HaKadosh Baruch Hu will be mezake us, giving us the matana of Shabbos. So then, my Shabbos could go much farther from my neshama. Says the Yeshiva Shalom at the bottom of the column, Misha Shomer Shabbos Barak Nizar B'Kaloch Al-Seshlo Lassus Malacha. If Shabbos is a day that I sit there worried that I'm going to violate every every Hilchah's Borer and Hilchah's this, I'm focusing. Obviously, we have to focus on Hilchah Shabbos. But, it's, that's my whole focus. I'm not trying to be margish the, the, the experience and the, the enjoyment. I'll only be zokha to that first level of Shabbos. Yerusha, and not the level of Matana. And last line, So then, it's a totally different experience. We have to train ourselves to not only have the Menucha aspect of it, but the Kedusha aspect of it. And then he says, as one could imagine, these two elements exist also by Torah and by Eretz Yisrael. By Torah, we all have a chiv to learn Torah. So it could be, we all have a kaveh to Torah. It could be the time of day that I least look forward to. Right? I have to learn, I have to learn, I don't get any enjoyment out of it, I force myself because I know I have to do it. That's the Yerusha element. That's that's pure. That's obviously not what the goal is. Torah That's true. But there's also the matana, the matana of Shabbos. Barachat Hashem, no sein haTorah. Shemavarchen line thirteen. Al darga ilodsha matana. Asher kol atanugim shebaolam imkain veefes luumas betikus arivas haTorah kadosha. Somebody hears a nice vart. It, it connects to our neshama in a so much deeper way than any gashmi. Tainuk, any any type of enjoyment. The greatest piece of steak or schnitzel in the world doesn't touch my soul like a, a like a like a dvar Torah that connects. Like I'm sitting at the seder and I hear something new. There's nothing as deep as that, and that's the matana element of of Torah. And not only Shabbos, and not only Torah, but of course he says Eretz Yisrael as well. V'chein be'inyan Eretz Yisrael yesh Yerusha v'yesh matana. There are some that have this chus of living in Eretz Yisrael and they think of it, okay, this is God's chosen land, we have to live here. It doesn't feel it. He doesn't feel the tam. He doesn't see the diamonds we mentioned a few weeks ago. The Rebbe who, who went into a room for months until he came out and says, okay, now I can view the Eretz Yisrael, every piece of dirt is diamonds. It's diamonds. Yeah, the, the Amoran, the last few docking Subis, the Amoran that rolled around in the dirt, that, that, that fixed the street in Eretz Yisrael. It wasn't just the street. That was the Matana. That's what we say. The higher level. So, getting back to the Drashva Ha'iyun, Yom Menucha U'Kedusha Li'am It's a day of Menucha, but it's also a day of Kedusha. 
And that's what we have to learn ourselves. That's what we have to transfer to our children as well. The second element of Shabbos, the second element of Torah, the second element of Yeshiv Eretz Yisrael. Okay. Moving right along. Paraklamet Aleph, Pasuk Yerches. The Pasuk, that is the first Pasuk in Shani, but it's the last Pasuk of Paraklamet Aleph. So this is the leading into the Egel. Says the Pasuk. Let's read it. Hashem gives Moshe the Luchos. Luchos Evan Ksuvim Bespelokim. Hashem gives Moshe the Luchos. So listen, I'll translate the Pasuk. I'll read it again. Something unusual about it. He gave to Moshe when he finished teaching him at Harsinai the two Luchos. Seems like a misplaced, misplaced phrase. Right? Shouldn't the, what did the Pasuk read smoother? He gave to Moshe the Luchos when he finished talking to him. Or when he finished talking to him, he gave him the Luchos. No, what did the Pasuk say? Hashem gave Moshe, when he finished talking to him, the Luchos. What's that stuck in the middle for? Question one. Ask the Arachaim Akadish in source number four. Tsarach Ladas. Lama Hivsik Ben Zichron Hanesina Lezichron Davar Hanitan Bahudazman. Why is the Torah Masik between the giving and the time of the giving? Shahayolo Lomar. <laughs> the Pasuk would have been much smoother if it said, Vayitena Moshe, Shnei Luchos Kechalos. So he gave him the two Luchos when he finished. Oh, or the opposite. Hayolo Lahaktim. Put it at the beginning or at the end. Hayolo Lahaktim, Kechaloso, Kodem Zechronisina. Question one is just a language question, a textual question. But the second question is much deeper, and this is a number of the Mepharshim asked. We don't think, I don't think we asked this question in the past. And that is, let's think about, remember the dates. What happened? Moshe Rabbeinu, what, no, what happens? Matan Torah, Vav Sivan. Vav Sivan, Zion Sivan. So one of those days, the Gemara Shabbos tells us, right, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, appeared on Harsinai, Anochi Hashem Alkecha, Aseret HaDibros, Olokha Yisrael Soa, on Harsinai. The Ten Commandments. What happens the next day? Moshe Rabbeinu goes up for 40 days and stays with Hashem. 40 days later, on Shavasa Batamuz, Hashem, Moshe is about to go down with the Luchos Rishonos, and Hashem says, Moshe, your nation has sinned, the Egel. But what was Moshe going to come down with at that point? He was going to bring us the Luchos then. We didn't get the Luchos at Harsinai, on Bav Siva, by Mama Harsinai. We, didn't, we, didn't, we heard Hashem's Adibris. Forty days later, Moshe was going to bring down the Luchos. And we blew it by the Egel. So Moshe had to broke the Luchos. He had to go back up for another 40 days to get forgiveness. He came back. He had to tell us we got forgiveness. He goes back up for a third 40 days on Rosh Chodesh Elul, coming back down on Yom Kippur with the second set of Luchos. 120 days from Shavuos until Yom Kippur. Right? 40, 40, 40. 120 days. Asked Arachayim HaKadosh. Simple, penetrating question. We heard the Aseris Adibris already on Shavuos. On Vav Sivan. So what was Moshe doing for those 40 days? What was he going to give us at the end of the 40 days? He was going to give us the Luchos. What is the end of the Luchos? Aser Tadibros. But we already knew the Aser Tadibros. Why, why didn't he give us the Luchos right away? What, Tarshav Alpeh? The rest of the Torah? Okay, fine. So spend the rest of the 40 days doing... Why, why didn't we get the Luchos right away? That's the Kasha of the Archaim HaKadosh. Ask the Archaim, Od Yesh Lahair, line 4. Lama Icher Hashem Nesinas Luchos Adzman Zeh. 
Why weren't the luchos given right away? At Maimed Sinai, Moshe should have given us the luchos, gone back up to learn the rest of the Torah. Kivon shalohaya bahem ela aseres advarim. Biomat and Torah, olamachraso, hayilo lasis aluchos. Baam kasha. Why didn't we get the luchos right away? Then we, they wouldn't have broken. All of history would have been different. So says the Arachayim, one answer, both questions. Let me explain to the Arachayim HaKadosh an idea which Rashi already tells us at the end of Parshish Mishpatim. Many sources, we're not going to have a share in this right now, but there are a number of sources that teach us Aseres Hadibros are really symbolic of Kal HaTorah Kula. Rashi quotes, Rashi does not do this many times, Rashi at the end of Parshish Mishpatim quotes Rav Sadyagon. And Rashi there says that the entire Torah, Rav Sadyagon, I'll read you the Rashi, it says in Perech of Dalin, Pasuk Yud Beis, Es luchos ha'evan v'atorah v'amitzvah asher kasafti l'horosam, Rashi quotes, Kol sheish meosu shlosh esrei mitzvahs bichlal aseres ha'dibrasein. All 613 are within the 10. V'rabbeinu sadia pireish ba'asharos sheyisa l'kol dibur v'dibur. Right, all Gezel, Lo Signov includes all Ben Adamachavero, and Lo Sachmod includes all Ben Midas. And you have to figure it out where every mitzvah is going to fit in. But Rav Sadiyon worked it out. All 16, 16, 613 are within the 10. Says the Arachayim HaKadosh, that's what took so long. We heard the Aseris Adibros on Harsinai, on Vav Sivan. But all the rest of the Torah, that when we were going to get the Luchos, 40 days later, that wasn't just going to be Ten Commandments. Those were going to be the Aseris Adibros that encapsulated and had in them all of the Torah. All 613 were in them. So that took 40 days. That was needed. That's why he couldn't give it right away. He could have given us just those 10, but, this, but the, all the content behind the Aseris Adibros. There's so much that was there that wasn't taught yet. And that's why he couldn't give it right away. Let's continue. Vahu amro vayitena Moshe. And that's the why this phrase is also stuck into the middle. Because it's not just telling us a chronological fact when something occurred. But it's giving us a substantive reason why something occurred. He gave it to Moshe when he finished talking to him, telling him everything. It's stuck in there, Badafka. Now the luchos are the luchos. Pirish ki advarim beluchos some low kel elyon veeno min arayla seis lo aluchos ashe yigmar haroshim bahem. Right, he couldn't give the luchos yet. Ulazeb gamar advarim aner mazavem. Only then. So that's why you have to stick it in the middle because this is exactly explaining why after Hashem finished, He gave it to him only after He was finished. The luchos, because this this is what created the luchos. This is why there was it was so special and symbolic. Line twelve. This explains both both uh, questions. 
That is the, again, there are other examples of this, the Balei Atosvas and Sefer Dvarim. I know there's a halacha that a king always has to have a, has a, have a Sefer Torah with him, wherever he goes. Besides the regular mitzvah for every Jew to write a Sefer Torah, but the king has to have a second Sefer Torah. The Gemara tells us as a hedron, the king goes out to war, he takes the Torah with him. The king goes out to a restaurant, he takes the Torah with him. Wherever he goes, the king has to have another Torah with him. Ask the Balei Atosvas. He has to schlep a Torah with him wherever he goes? So maybe, maybe, you know, sometimes you see little Torahs. So the Bible tells us, no, you know what I think it is? I think it's just one little piece of cloth that has a Saras Adibris on it. Because after all, that encapsulates Kola Torah Kuba. Baliatos was there in Parsha Shoftim, the mitzvahs of a Melech. Right? That's another example. The Ksava Kabbalah says the same idea, similar idea, that there must have been much more. I mean, just uh, giving it to you because the same uh, Ha'ara, not the, not the answer of the Arachayim HaKadosh, but he also talks about how there must be more in the Luchos than just the ten. Kikom maskil adazem is yode. Anybody will admit shachanag dola nasa doemet arsinai. The great preparation lo haisat tricha la kabbalas aseres advarim im ein bahem rak hakavana hachitzon apshuta. This is what it's all about. The ten commandments. Vikulam emis vesichlios. You know most of them are pretty logical anyway. What kibud avaim and. And other mitzvahs, what you need is so much hachanif to understand that. The kol ish das av she'enu mitzvah aleim yikableim alatzmo mitzad sechlo ativi. Everybody in the world accepts those mitzvahs. Umay yitzorach lemoshel hashemis bar barim yom. What is Moshe to stay up there for forty days and to come down with the luchos? Vinei ha'emes yoradarko ki aseres hadvarim ha'ela heim dibros hakolim. These are really ten categories. That's how dibros should be translated. These are the ten categories of mitzvos. Pratim uprati pratim le'ain mispar with an infinite number of details. Ukemoshu mukubal biadenu min akabalah mitis, just like it's mukubal shem kolem kol tayeg mitzvos haksuvin lafenenu batorah, and they all include the tayeg mitzvos. There's even a medrash. I didn't give it to you. A medrash of Parshas Naso, which says if you count up the letters, there's 620 letters in the Aseres Adibris. 620. So that's 613 plus 7. So what's the 7? So, Shevin Mrs. Benoak possibly, but really that's included in the 613. But 7 Mrs. Durabanan. 7 Mrs. Durabanan, the Chinecha mentions. But either way, 620 is a symbolic number relating to Kalatar Kula. 613 plus 7. Maybe even if there is included in it, it is Shevin Mitzvahs, but you know, don't have the Shevin Mitzvahs that become Shevin Mitzvahs part of B'nai Yisrael's Mitzvahs versus the original Shevin Mitzvahs. Either way, it's included, says the Medrash in Bamidbar Rab. Okay. Moving right along. So let's deal with one of the most famous questions or problems that not every safer tackles, but it's a problem that we have to deal with. And that is, as we know, Moshe Rabbeinu comes down from the mountain and he sees the Egel and he says to Aaron, what is going on here? And what does he do? Vayicharaf Moshe, Moshe gets very angry. Vayashlech miyadadazaluchos. He breaks the luchos. He breaks the luchos. So we've discussed this in the past in various contexts, but the question is, why did Moshe Rabbeinu break them? Why couldn't he just like put them away? God didn't tell him that he's going to give him another set. How did Moshe know that there would be another chance? He broke them. He saw, he broke them. Didn't he like think a little bit? Is a little rash, you know, heavy metunim badin. Didn't he know that mission in Perkyavos? 
They take a, take a chill. Okay, don't give them the Torah yet. Go down and scream at them and kill the perpetrators and then give them the luchos. How did he know? How, how is he so brazen enough to, to just smash them? As if he knew that the Jews could not survive with these luchos. And if it wasn't these, this just wasn't an option. So let's read the words of Rav Shimon Shkup. Shimon Shkup doesn't usually come up in a parsha shir. He, he graces our shirim in the daf, but his lumdish sefer, Shara Yoshar, in his Hakdama, he talks about parsha's kisisa. So there he has the kasha. He says, how is it? How, how did Moshe break the luchos? Why couldn't he just put it away and, and then um, we'll get it later? Says Rav Shimon Shkup. There is a condition of, of a commitment to Torah for somebody, we're in source number six now, for somebody to be ready to accept Torah. Hard work. Hard work is the first ingredient for anyone who wants to live a true life dedicated to Torah. It's not, it's not, it's not easy. It doesn't mean it's it's sad. It doesn't mean, of course, being a Jew is challenging. It's difficult. It's not easy. That doesn't mean we should shouldn't be happy and love it, right? But it's hard work. Hard work is a prerequisite. It's a sine qua non for a life of Torah. And he says, if this is true, let me explain the shvirus aluchos. I didn't see anybody talk about this. Not, 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 not so many people deal with this issue. How did he do it? At first glance, it's a closed topic. Meaning, no, what's, what's going on here? Is it possible? Moshe Rabbeinu all of Ashalom hayachoshev. Moshe Rabbeinu thought Shevishvil Shasi Yisrael Seigel Yisharu Belit Torah Chas V'Shalom. Because he saw the eagles, okay, the whole divine plan is finished. Why did he take us out of Egypt to give us the Torah? They're doing the ego? Finished. What was he thinking? He had no idea what the future would bring, what the future held. How did he break the luchos? Put it away. Say, it's here. I won't give it to you yet. Right, a parent has a present for a child. And pumped when the, when the child is about to give some, child, parents are about to give it to the child, the child has this major tantrum and the parent can't give it at that moment. He can't. He can't. So what? What, are you going to throw it out? No. You'll say, I can't give this to you now. You know, do tshuva. And, uh, and Eretz Yisrael, my five-year-old, a couple of weeks ago, right? He had a tantrum, whatever it is, and he did something he wasn't supposed to do. And he comes to me with the forlorn eyes, and he says, Abba, ni rotel absorb tshuva. I said, okay, it was worth it to make Aliyah just for that line. Right, just for that line. Okay, I don't know if he, right, uh, he, has, he worked on it, but uh, that's Ani Rosel Afzor B'Tshuva. Right, he says, why didn't he wait? Avalolu Shabram Lagamre. V'yakach v'esnapel v'eshev to break them and then ask for another one? Why did do, do Moshe get off of doing that? V'hinei Chazal Kiblu. Here we go, line six. What was the difference between the first and the second set of Luchos? Or what was it? What was the nature of the first set of Luchos? What was the first luchos? The first luchos were what was called etzbelokim. God wrote it. What does that mean that God wrote it? God doesn't have a finger. What does it mean God wrote it? It means that it was eternal. 
It means that if a person ever opened up a chumash or a sefer and learned something, it would automatically be burned into their memory and they would never forget it. It means that somebody would be able to quickly learn something and they'll have it. There wouldn't have to be a melos. There wouldn't have to be a life of dedication. That's what the Luchas Rishonus were. And the original plan, so to speak, was Klaiso would be Zochet at such a matana. Shil Moi Lodish Tabra Luchas Rishonus Lodish Tachel Tarami Yisrael would never have been forgotten. Shim Loman Adam Pamach, that's why Yashomer is a Kronel Olam. The Indian said, and Moshe Rabbeinu knew this. And when he saw the Bene Yisrael dancing around the Egel, he said, I can't give these Luchas to the Jewish people. I can't, they will never be able to succeed as Bene Yisrael. I will give these Luchas, look what they're doing! They can't. Moshe Rabbeinu thinks to himself, they can't have this. I'll try to get another one. But they can't have this one. Because this one would not require a challenging and hard-working life dedicated. You're going to have a big Russia with Bucky and Shas. Because all you got to do is read it once. You'll remember it. Automatic photographic memory. Lachain line ten, Matzah Moshe Rabbeinu Shiroi Lat Luchos Elu Yishtabru Yishtadel Lakabel Luchos Acherim. Moshe says, "I got to break these, and I hope for another one." And you know what? This one, I'm going to write. I'm going to write. So Lachash Luchas Avadim. Kadosh Baruch Hu with Moshe. You 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 fashion them. You fashion Luchos, meaning My Saadim. What does My Saadim mean? It's not eternal. It's in the Bria that we forget things. It's in the Bria that unless we kill ourselves. Unless we push ourselves. So we're not going to get it. But that's because we live in a world of which is the only way that Moshe Rabbeinu saw that we'd be able to survive. That's what we need the Amelos. Second to last line. So now the harder we work, the more we'll get. But if we forget something, we have to say, okay, this is the Lucas I just got to work harder. But that's why Moshe Rabbeinu broke, because he saw B'nai Yisrael would not be able to survive with Luchos Rishonos, because look what they did. You don't need any type of commitment. And Judaism is about commitment. It's not just fitting God into my life, but fitting my life into God's wants and ritzonos. Similar idea is suggested by the stipler and the Birchas parents, where he quotes as well, quotes this idea uh, about pushing myself. First he quotes a medrash. In the first paragraph, could say for Yoshua, he quotes a medrash, where the medrash says, Vayishabero the Medrash says, Moshe Rabbeinu saw that the letters were flying up from the Luchos. The letters. He was just, he had stones in his hands. Look what the Medrash says. At that moment, At that moment in time, history changed. In order for Klaisol to survive, you gotta push. It's not gonna be easy. You're not gonna have everything. There'll be difficulties until Mashiach comes, says the says the says the Medrash. 
But that's the way it's going to be, because that's Luchashnius. It's Maisa Adam. It's not eternal. It's not fixed in our brains. But that's what Moshe Rabbeinu, our Kaddish Baruch, who saw fit how we would be able to survive. Because if we wouldn't have to have the commitment, then the Torah could fall into hands that are inappropriate. And that's what he says, skipping a couple of paragraphs, go to line 21. The fact that we need hard work and learning is for two reasons. One natural, one supernatural. Now what is natural? The more you work hard at something, the more it stays with you, even not in Torah. If I push myself in any area, if I don't push myself in something, so then it's not going to stay in my brain. It'll go in one ear and out the other. But if I push myself in a certain area, that's going to stay with me. I make a kidding on it. So naturally, working hard keeps Torah with me. But then he says there's also a supernatural element. The harder I work, HaKadosh Baruch Hu gives me. HaKadosh Baruch Hu meets me halfway. Every pain that a person has, any hard work that a person has never goes liibud. I might not get it now, but I'll get it in a different place. But there's a special siyata deshmaya that if a person works hard in Torah, he'll be zocha. He'll be zocha to get the present of Torah. So that's why Moshe Rabbeinu broke the luchos. Okay. Moving right along. So, Moshe Rabbeinu goes up, he breaks the luchos, goes back up after he takes care of the violators, goes back up to get forgiveness. And we have the fast day laning, and HaKadosh Baruch Hu tells him the Yud Gimel Midas. Yud Gimel Midas of Rachamim, Hashem, Hashem, Karacham, Achanan, Erech HaPayim, Rav Chesed, Ve'emes, Nosa Chesed, La'alafim, Nosa Yavon, Veshach, Chodav, Enake, Perak, Mamadal, Pasach, Zayin, V'nake, Lo Yenake, Pokeda, Bonavos, Abonim, V'chulu. I ask you to translate, what is Nake, Lo Yenake? What does that mean? Pshuto shal mikra. Cleansed won't be cleansed. How, how do you translate the Pasuk? Nake lo yinake. What is the Pasuk shot of that Pasuk? Very hard to understand it. Can't translate it. What does it mean? Nake lo yinake. So Rashi says, ah, maybe it means Hashem will cleanse you, but not totally. Nake lo yinake. Right? A little bit. But look at Unkelis. Uncle says, what does Nakil Yanaka mean? Lidisaivin Salach Lidisaivin La Oraise Udaladisaivin Lomizake. Those who return, those who do chuva, he will forgive. Those who don't do chuva, he won't forgive. Nake, Hashem will cleanse you if you do chuva. Lo Yanake, he won't cleanse you if you don't do chuva. That's Unkelis. Says Rav Salvechik, says the Rav. Source number nine from an Evershara from Evshachter. Vinire the Targum Unkelis who Pshuta Shal Mikra. Unkelis seems to be giving Pshat. Unkelis generally translates. There are two Parshios, Vayachi and Zosabracha, where it's very hard, or Hazinu also, three Parshas, where it's very hard to translate because it's all symbolic and metaphors. That's why Unkelis is very long, quoting Gemaris, or Gemaris. But, but here, Nakilo Yinaka, this is a regular, what's the, what's the midah of Rachamim? 
So says the Rav, it is Pshuto Shal Mikra. The Masha Amr B'Shabbos, the Ena Mikri Yotim Adi Pshuto, Ratzalomar, because what does the Gemara mean in Shabbos? That a Pasuk does never leaves its, its, its uh, simple meaning. De'im Hamalamid Laktanim, Ener Mosalem Drasa Shal Tar Shabal Peh, Rakhalamda Pshuto, the Bahaki Sagi. The base level of understanding Torah is the Pashup Shah. That's what first graders are taught. That's not a violation of anything. If you don't teach him every medrash on the Pasuk. And then, the additional level of interpretation that Chazal have. There's only one exception. We've mentioned this in the past. The Gemara Nivamis tells us there's only one exception to the rule that there is no Pshat, the Gemara says. That's the Pasuk in Kiseitzev. Really, he's referring to the older brother. The oldest brother should do Yibum. Even though the Pasuk says, That's the exception to the rule, says the Gemara in Yavamis. Meaning, there's no other exception to the rule. There's always Pshat. So what's the Pshat of this Pasuk? Said the Rav, Unculus must be giving the Pasha Pshat. Nake, lo yinake. Nake, kama, cleanse you if you do tshuva. Lo yinake, I won't cleanse you if you don't do tshuva. Says the Rav, turning over the page. If this is true, so then, halacha the Rav said, Ba'alei Kriya should be medactic to pause between Nake and Lo Yinake. Ve'nake, Lo pause. Because the Pshut Shalmikra is two different phrases. Line, the, like the, uh, the middle of, the underlying line. Ve'nira, Demashakas of Khan, Minake Ulda Shavin, Ve'nimaka Lashayinim Shavin, Hu Pshut Shalmikra, Umina Nakhon Labakori Ladactic Bazet. And it's appropriate for the Bakori to be medactic. Ula Hafsik Sas. To break. One time in the Rub's minion, somebody read it quickly and he stopped them. And he stopped them and made the Balkori repeat it and take a break in between. So this is, even though the Shulchan Aruch says you only have to correct if it changes the meaning of a word. So there is a Rav Chaim. Rav Chaim is quoted by the Rav quoted Rav Chaim's grandfather. Rav Chaim was medakti even on Shrap. He corrected even on Shrap. Got to be scary to be the Balkari in, in Rav Chaim Shul. But the Rav, he said it wasn't mocked on that, but here he felt that was to change the meaning. You got to pause. V'naki lo according to the Pshat, Pshuto Shal Mikra. But again, if you look at Rashi, Rashi gives a different Pshat. Pshuto Shal Mikra. But that is the Rav Salvechik's suggestion. Okay, a couple more ideas. Let's go back to the Chet Egel itself. Chet Egel itself, we never did a couple, two years ago, I think we had three or four shots of exactly what the Chet was, but I don't think we ever saw the words of the Meshachachma. The Meshachachma here has a major thesis about what exactly was the Chet, and he connects many different ideas. We're not going to read the whole thing. I gave it to you in source 11, but let's get his gist and a couple of his applications. Ha'inyan. And you can also say, if you want to put this together with the previous Dvar Torah, why Moshe Dafka break the Luchos? This also answers that question as well. Ha'inyan. Ki ha'Torah v'ha'emuna. And this is put in the, the basic yesodos of, uh, look at the footnotes of Rabbi Cooperman here. This is one of his theses. One of those Meshachachmas that stand out. Ki ha'Torah v'ha'emuna he'mikari ha'emuna ha'Yisraelis. Torah is the Iker of our nation. V'chol ha-kedushos, Eretz Yisrael, V'yerushalayim, Hema prate v'snife ha-Torah, v'niskatshu b'kedushas ha-Torah. 
The Meshachachwa tells us there is nothing that is inherently holy that is separate from Torah. All Kedusha flows from Torah. And from HaKadosh Baruch Hu, ultimately. But all Kedusha flows from that. That's why by mitzvahs, unless they're connected to the physical land of Eretz Israel, other than that, mitzvahs are everywhere. And mitzvahs apply to each person equally. To Moshe Rabbeinu and the lowliest of the low. Ava line 10. Eid his yachus ha-Torah low, v'ha-Torah hi-amuchuyevus mitzias. The Torah stands alone. The Torah is not dependent on anything else for existence. Everything else is dependent on the Torah and HaKadosh Baruch Hu for existence. You know what the problem was with the Egel? B'nai Yisrael ascribed inherent power to Moshe Rabbeinu. They felt that he was the God. They felt that he had certain powers that caused all of the Nisim to take place. And when they realized he was not there anymore, they said, we need something else. Line six in the middle. They wanted to make an egel. They thought, they believed in HaKadosh Baruch Hu, but they thought HaKadosh Baruch Hu gave Moshe power. Gave him power, and that became independent power. And they wanted that for the egel as well. What does Moshe Rabbeinu come down and have to teach them? He sees this as their ta'us. Says the Meshachachma, fascinatingly, if he would have put the luchos away and tried to educate them and then given them the luchos, B'nai Yisrael would have substituted the Egel for the luchos. And instead of worshipping the Egel, they would have worshipped the luchos. Comes from HaKadosh Baruch Hu, directly from Hashem. Moshe Rabbeinu Bedafka had to take the most prized possession, the treasure that he just stayed 40 days up on Arsina without eating and drinking, and he took it in front of them. And why did he wait? He didn't break them up on the mountain. He waited till he was in front of them and smashed them. La'ini call Yisrael. Why? To show them there's nothing that has inherent Kedusha. Nothing! Except the Kaddish Baruch Hu, except the Torah itself. Nothing has inherent Kedusha. If you have a Sefer Torah that was written by a non-believer, you could burn it, throw it in the garbage. Because there's nothing inherent unless it's imbued with Kedusha. Kedusha is Torah. Moshe screamed like a chicken. You think I'm somebody inherently? I'm just like you. I'm a person. The Torah is not totally on me. There's nothing. I'm only connected to Hashem because of you and His nation. And that's why for 38 years, Hashem didn't say a word to Moshe Rabbeinu. That's not in the Torah anywhere. Right? Though we don't know anything about those 38 years besides where they went. Parshas Matos and Masay. Parshas Masay. But it was all because nothing has inherent Kedusha. Top of the left. Sof Davar. Ein Shum Inyan Kadosh Ba'olam. Miyuchas Loha. Avodav Akniya. Raka Shemiz Barak Shmo. Hu Kadosh B'Mitziyusa Mechuyeves. And that's why Yedavka broke the Luchos in front of them to teach them this message that there's nothing with inherent Kedusha. Oh, it continues with other uh, elements as well. Turn over the page for a minute. Turn over the page. He says on the top right, it fits beautifully into the Psukim now. What does HaKadosh Baruch Hu say? Lech HaMar Baruch Hu. 
Lech rei kishiches amcha. What does Hashem say? Go down because your nation has strayed. In what way? Asher he'elesa me'eretz Mitzrayim. What is the passion? The name, you, you think it's like tongue in cheek. Hashem says, it's your nation. Like when a parent gets, gets married at a child and they're talking to the other spouse, it's your daughter, right? Right? You, but that's what the Pashas, you might say. Akash Baruch was being a little sarcastic. It's your nation that you brought up. So Rashi says it's the Erev Rav, but the Meshachachma says, no, different. It's the nation Asher Ha'alesa because they're saying you brought him up. They're giving you power, Moshe. That's their hate. They think that you're the God. But really, that's not true, obviously. And he quotes the, mess, the, the, the Medrash, Moshe, Moshe. The four people in Tanakh that, are, that have their name repeated twice by Hashem. Moshe, Moshe. He was Moshe before he spoke to Hashem. He was Moshe after. What's the message? That Moshe isn't changed. HaKadosh Baruch Hu is the Makadesh. HaKadosh Baruch Hu is the one. And this is a hate that comes over and over again throughout the Torah. That was the problem, and that's why Moshe had to break the Luchos in front of them. So they learned the message of nothing has inherent Kedusha except from HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Okay. Two more small points. Then we'll be, uh, then we'll be finished. We'll never finish, but uh, then we'll call it for tonight. A thought on the Haftorah. We don't get to usually focus on the Haftorah. Thought on the Haftorah, a very famous Haftorah, Elio Bahara Carmel. Elio Anavi is trying to prove wrong the Nevi'e Habal. They each set up their Mizbeachs and the, uh, they each say, we're going to bring down a fire from heaven. Elio says, okay, you go first. And the Nevi'e Habal start davening to Hashem and screaming and screaming. And Elio says, great sarcasm. Elio says, maybe a little louder, maybe he's sleeping. A little louder, please. Ladder, ladder, it's, it's all the Haftorah. It's one of the amazing Haftorah. Um, and then he continues, and obviously we know that it doesn't happen. And at the end, right, we, I'll read you that line. He says, he builds a, builds a Mizbeah. Vayikru b'kol gadol. Vayikahavar tzarayim. V'yisnabalos amincha v'inkol v'inoneh. V'yomer Eliyahu. Right, he quotes that he says, maybe it's, Vayahatabayim. Kiru b'kol gadol. Kiyalokimu. Ula yashenhu v'yikatz. Maybe he's sleeping. And then Eliyahu Navi builds his own back and he pours tons of water on it and then he calls for the fire. Boom, fire comes down and takes the back. But there's a medrash. Because if you look in the Pasuk, look in the Pasuk, you have the Pasuk in front of you in source 14 in the bold print. They took the cow that was given to them. They called the Baal from morning to night and nothing, no answer. What does it mean they took the par that was given to them? The Pesukim say earlier that they chose a cow. What do you mean they took the part that was given to them? Says the Medrash, there were two cows that were exactly the same. They were twin cows. And one of them was chosen by the Nevi'e Habal to take. And they start taking the cow, and the cow wouldn't budge. The cow would not move. They start pulling it. The cow wouldn't move. The cow's a big animal. The cow wouldn't move. Why? Because the cow knew that he was going to be the cow for the Nevi'e Habal. I don't want to be for the Nevi'e Habal. I want to be for a Kodesh Baruch I'm going to go to them. I'm not moving. Until Eliyoh Navi came and whispered in the cow's ear, don't worry about it, you're also going to be Makadishim Shemayim. But you're not burning up and your brother burning up, don't worry about it, there'll be a Kiddush Hashem. And after that, the cow moved. That's the Madrash. That's what it means. That was given to them. Eliyoh Navi gave them the cow. That's the Madrash. What's the message? What's the message of that Madrash? So, 
the Bale Kabbalah say, this is quoted from the Kisvei Arizal, Kisvei Arizal, in Source 14, the Mishmah Sozav, is a, it's a, it's a very comprehensive work on Navi, Agada Halacha, he has on many of the Svarim in Navi, I don't think all of them yet, I have a bunch of them, but here he quotes, um, in the continuation, I gave it to you also in the Osos Torah, they also quoted it in Source 15, the, the Kisvei Arizal say that these two cows were the Nishamos, whatever this means, don't ask me, uh, were the Nishamos of Nadav and Aviyu. Nadav and Aviyu who brought an Eish Zara in the base of Migdah, in the Mishkan, had to come down and bring an Eish Kodesh. Had to bring an Eish Kodesh. So the Kisvei Arizal, the Machokas, we've shown him whether you believe in this kind of thing, of Gilgul Nishamos, Machokas, the Ramban does not, the Ramban, the Ramban does, but either way, so maybe the one message says the Osos HaTorah is, there's always a lot going on in life that we don't realize. We don't know why things are happening always. Right? The cow wasn't moving because I, I already built an Azar. Now I'm going to that one? I'm going to be with the Nivea Baal again? There's always a line in life that we don't know, realize what's going on. Akkadosh Baruch Hu is, is running the show. Okay. There's one idea based on that Kisvi Arisa. But the other idea that one could suggest possibly from the Bali Musser is that each of us have potentials and abilities and skills. And it's not our job in life to fulfill the potential of Saploni. It's our job in life to take our own kokos and in the way that HaKadosh Baruch Hu guides us and fulfill our kokos in that way. Like the famous story of Reb Zusha. Reb Zusha says, I'm not worried that I'm going to go up to Shemayim and HaKadosh Baruch Hu is going to ask me, why weren't you Moshe Rabbeinu? I'm worried he's going to ask me, why weren't you Reb Zusha? What? All your potential, the kokos I gave you. Each of the cows had their koach. He was going to be Makadishim Shemai, she, if it's a cow, she was going to be Makadishim Shemayim in this way, and she was Makadishim in that way. But we all could be Makadishim Shemayim in different ways. And it's not our job to, to, to run and be jealous and this and that. Like the Medrash also tells us, when a Kaddish Baruch Hu separated the upper waters and the lower waters, in my separatious, the lower waters are like, why am I down here? I want to be above the Rakia. That's much closer to you. Kaddish Baruch Hu says, don't worry about it. You also have a purpose. They're going to take you and they're going to pour you on the Mizbeach. There's, there's, a, there's a job, there's a tafkid for each of us. And we have to realize whatever kochos we have, whatever potential we could fulfill, that's exactly what Kaddish Baruch Hu wants of us. Whether it's going to be this cow or that cow, whether this water or that water, we each have a part of the divine plan and to try to serve Kaddish Baruch Hu in the way we can. One final point, more of a short little one-liner, and we'll finish with this. The Pasuk says at the end of the Parsha, in Paraglam and Gimel, Pasuk Yud Aleph, not at the end of the Parsha, but after the whole story of the, of the Egel, V'dibar Hashem al-Moshe kepanim al-panim. Hashem spoke to Moshe face-to-face, Ka'ashem Dabar Ishal Re'eyu, like a person who speaks to his friend, this is one of the Animamins, that Moshe Rabbeinu was different than all of the other Nevi'im. He spoke to Hashem, Panim al-Panim, says the Arachayim HaKadosh, second one of the night in Source 16. Panim al-Panim means, Ki kefi shir ha-hachana, shahaya osem Moshe, lakpalas panim shechina, la-osa shir tia hasaga mi panim ha-elyonim. Panim al-Panim. Literally, the more FaceTime Moshe prepared himself to give to God, God gave to him. The more we get ready, the more hachana we do, the more HaKadosh Baruch Hu gives back. Ki kefiyash ar-yachin adam atzmo v'ashpas ha-kadusha yasig. The more we put into it, the more we get it out of it. Panim el panim. Whatever panim we show Hashem, He will show us. 
If we show him a face that always has to run out of shul and always comes late, we don't have time to talk to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. He's not going to have time to talk to us. The more we turn to HaKadosh Baruch Hu and have a life of facing HaKadosh Baruch Hu, that's what we're going to get back. Panim al Panim. That's the relationship that we have to yearn for. That's what Moshe had with HaKadosh Baruch Hu and that's what each Jew has to have for HaKadosh Baruch Hu as well. So we'll stop here. Let's remember walking upright from Rav Zevin. Shabbos, Yom Menucha, Ukedusha, Liam Chanasata, the different aspects of Shabbos, pushing ourselves, Yamelus of the Luchoshnios, and the other ideas that we spoke about. Okay, we'll stop here, Mesh next week. Hopefully we'll be back to Wednesday night. Next week we'll be back to Wednesday night.